Oh, Damon Severson, what were you thinking? But other than that blunder, this was actually a good game for New Jersey Devils. Played hungry, played hard, played aggressive. Unfortunately, there were some goalie issues and not the goalie issues that we're accustomed to. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Dell's right for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So before we get into the main talking points of today's episode, I first want to give a couple shout-outs. So shout-out to Brian. He's a friend of the show. He is the founder of the popular Twitter page, The Brat Pack. I saw him just outside the Prudential Center when I was on my way to pick up my credential pass. And I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's Brat Pack because he was wearing his Jesper Brat is the best player in the NHL hoodie. And I recognized him because obviously I've done uh, Zoom conferences with them. So I got to take a selfie with him, as you see on screen, if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, he, he's a lot taller in real life. Like, it, it's just so weird seeing these uh, people who have appeared on my show uh, seeing them in the flesh, like I've said uh, the past couple episodes. So shout out to the Brat Pack. It was great seeing you, man. And then I want to give a shout out to Rachel, one of my colleagues over at Locked On. She is uh, one of the co-hosts of Locked On Flyers. She was up in the press box with me. She was obviously covering the Flyers uh, side of things. So got to meet her. We uh, collaborated on a uh, post-game reaction, Locked On Now. So check out my Twitter page if you haven't done so already. Now, Let's get into the discussion for today's episode. Now, here's the thing. I just want to say I was so glad that I was in attendance for this game. I, I, I know I had to work it, but at the same time, this was just a very entertaining game to witness. And I get it. The New Jersey Devils came out on the losing end by a score of 2-1, to one, and it was a heartbreaker. Damon Severson had a bit of a, of a brain fart late in period number three that resulted in a turnover and then an odd man rush that – uh, resulted in the Philadelphia Flyers scoring, and that was the game-winning goal. And uh, a lot of people were just saying, Damon, what are you doing? And I, I had my my hand in my face, too. I was just like, come on, man, be smarter than that. But we'll discuss that a little later in the episode. But let's talk about the good for the New Jersey Devils because, like I said, this was a very, very good game for them. Unfortunately, luck was just not on their side. So let's recap what I saw in period number one. So only five and a half minutes into the game, the New Jersey Devils had eight shots on Carter Hart. They were playing aggressive and hard. At one point halfway through the first period, the Flyers had an odd man rush, and the Devils hustled back and broke it up thanks to the defensive efforts of Siegenthaler and Hamilton, and that's just one of the many examples of them playing hard. Now, here's the thing, guys. We know that there were a couple scuffles or a couple fights, but I'll get to that momentarily. So at the end of period number one, the Devils had 17 shots on goal, whereas the Flyers had seven. So the Flyers went to the penalty box early for hooking, and Jack Hughes made them pay. So I talked about my concerns for the power play, but the Devils, their execution this time around on the power play, uh, just picture perfect, poetry in motion, because it was a beautifully located shot 
on the right corner of the net and went top shelf on heart. Jack Hughes just uh, just bringing the crowd to a, a, a crescendo. Like it was just it was just loud at the Prudential Center because it was just like what what can Jack Hughes not do? Because other than that power play goal, you just saw Jack Hughes. He was trying to get shots on Carter Hart. Unfortunately, Hart was just the better player this time around. I believe he was the top star of the game. I don't know who the three stars of the game for this matchup were, but I would have to presume that Carter Hart was the number one star. But ultimately, Carter Hart was just the MVP in this game. But digressing a little bit, we just saw Jack Hughes handling the puck beautifully. He was trying to set up his teammates. He was trying to get shots himself. But unfortunately, it only resulted in that single power play goal. But still, that was a great outing for Jack Hughes. Now, here's the thing. The power play still concerns me just a little bit because the Devils still don't have that one player on their unit that's a that's good at one-timers when it comes to the power play. You can argue that it's Dougie Hamilton, but I see him more as the quarterback setting up the others, like Heischer, Hughes, Brat, whatever the case might be. And at one point, Jack Hughes attempted a one-timer, and I'm just like, no, that is not what Jack Hughes should be on the rink doing. But ultimately, the Devils' first period just – just playing aggressive, playing hard, playing hungry, and just wanting it a little bit more. And this is one of the things I've been talking about the last couple episodes because one of the things that I'm seeing from the Devils during this recent uh, slump that they're in is that I feel as though sometimes they play a little too lackadaisical. They were playing it a little too safe, playing too conservative, whatever the case might be. The big example that I use is that game recently uh, when they lost an OT to the National Predators because – they played two and a half good minutes of hockey. But outside of that, the Devils were just a little too lazy. And as a result, the National Predators were able to tie the game, send it an OT, and then ultimately the Devils uh, lost in an OT. At least they walked away with a point. I know I sound like a broken record when I talk about that game, but I'm just trying to give you guys that example. So once again, this game was just a breath of fresh air. And this is what I've been seeing from the New Jersey Devils literally not too long ago, just a few weeks ago when they were – on that lengthy win streak, just playing aggressive, playing hard, playing fast, just trying to compete, get as many shots on the opposing goalie as you can, and good things will happen. So the fact that the New Jersey Devils had 40-plus shots on goal on Carter Hart, it, it, really this should have been like a 5-2 to two game or something like that because I didn't expect for Carter Hart to be this good. I greatly underestimated his capabilities and – all of a sudden, he wanted to turn into a Vesna-caliber goalie, and unfortunately, the Devils fell victim to him. But uh, going back to the game recap, Michael McLeod was trying his best to set up Holtz and Bolquist, but once again, both players couldn't really capitalize on the chances that McLeod was creating. And it's another concern that I'm having for the Devils, which is, and Lindy Ruff actually discussed this in his post-game interview, which is the Devils, they're creating the shots for themselves, but they're not finishing. Like, we need that finishing type player. And I know a lot of people are going to say, get Timo Meyer because he can finish. But I, I think working with the players that they have, they have the capabilities to do so. They just need to get back into the film room. They need to get into the practice rank, whatever the case might be. You got to finish your shot attempts. And it's, a, it's the same thing that I talked about in uh, their previous matchup against the Dallas Stars, because unfortunately there were too many possessions in which they only get one shot on Scott Wedgwood. And, or if they do uh, create a good look for themselves, it doesn't even reach Wedgwood, and the Stars are taking it back into neutral zone or back into their attacking end to try to make something out of it. But 
uh, going back to this game, that's one of the concerns I do have for Devils, which is their power play once again. And uh, I know I've been I've been seeing that same tune for a long time, but it's true and it does need some work. And also the fact that the Devils aren't finishing as of late is a little bit concerning. And then uh, Miles Wood had to sit for four minutes for high sticking since he uh, got it late. It carried over a bit into the second period, but nothing really to uh, be concerned about. The Devils actually did a pretty solid job in their penalty kill. But here's where things got a little more aggressive. So in period number two, the New Jersey Devils go onto the penalty kill because Ryan Graves had to go to the penalty box for tripping. And unfortunately, the Flyers were able to tie the game thanks to being on the man of advantage. So it's a brand new game. It's one to one. And here's where things get a little interesting. So there was a scuffle between the Flyers and Devils not long after the Flyers tied the game. And Ryan Graves was on the ground from what I saw. Hamilton went to the penalty box for cross-checking. So the Devils, once again, had to go back onto the penalty kill. And this was a concern I have, which is stay out of the penalty box. And uh, Halla threw his stick, tossing it towards Siegenthaler. So in the rules of hockey, you have to hand your stick off to your teammate. You can't even do a small toss due to safety reasons. It's one of the reasons why if you break your stick, you throw it onto the ground. You don't try to toss it back over to the bench due to safety violations. So as a result, Hala had to go to the penalty box for that. You don't see that too often. So throwing his stick, that was the penalty assessed. So it's five on three. But the Devils didn't give up on the five on three disadvantage. They actually had a fantastic opportunity to try and score because Sharon Govich had an open breakaway at one point. So the Devils certainly didn't give in. Momentum didn't seem to change when the Devils were um, uh, behind the eight ball. It, it didn't seem to shift over to the Flyers' way, despite them being the latest team to score. And like I said, they were aggressive, and they were playing like a wolf on the prowl. And the main uh, talking point that I want you guys to take away from segment one is just the aggressive nature from the New Jersey Devils. And now, like I, I, I said, it gets interesting. Well, it gets even juicier because Michael McLeod got into it with Nicholas Delorier. And I saw that coming a mile away because Delorier, he was poking the bear. He was basically using his stick and just literally poking Michael McLeod or just trying to abrogate him. And Michael McLeod wasn't taking it. So the past uh, few episodes, I've been saying like, is Michael McLeod our enforcer? It, it looks like it, but either way, the gloves came off and they started fighting and uh, it looked like Michael McLeod, he got a couple licks in. I don't think there was a winner. I believe it was a draw in this case, but nonetheless, you saw the energy just shift a little bit for the New Jersey Devils. So that was very exciting to see. And uh, the rock was just loud after that. And uh, not long after that, Brendan Smith went against Joel Farabee. And it was just like, whoa, whoa, two fights in that uh, small amount of time. So that was just a, a great effort from the New Jersey Devils from start to finish. And in period number three, it was a little bit of the same. Nothing really too exciting until the Damon Searson turnover, but you still saw the sense of urgency from the New Jersey Devils. Now, here's the thing. They're going to have a tough schedule moving forward because one of the, one of the teams that they got to play, the Boston Bruins. They got to play the Boston Bruins twice. They got to play them before Christmas, and then they got to play them after Christmas. But the good news is, is that both those games are at home, so the Devils will have the home ice advantage. Now, in the post-game interview, I asked Lindy Ruff, like, uh, did he like the overall aggressive nature from uh, his team, and does he hope it translates into the next matchup? Here's what he had to say. 
Lindy, this game was very aggressive, and the, and your team showed a lot of effort, even down to the uh, final stretch. Is this the type of energy you guys need to maintain as you enter a tough part of your schedule for the rest of December? <laughs> you know, the, the, every tough part, I mean, every game is tough, so... Um, I thought the energy was good. The you know the Mike McLeod fight, the Schmidty fight, the 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 emotion, uh, emotionally engaged in the game. Uh, bench had a lot of life. Uh, we just we just couldn't get one by the goaltender. Uh, you know some of that is execution. Some of that is is we just uh, we didn't find the hole with our shots. Uh, we had people around the front of the net. We had some tips. We had second opportunities. Um, but we didn't get anything to go in. Yep, they're going to need all hands on deck. And like I said, for this first segment, this is what I want you guys to take away from it, which is the Devils, they didn't give in to the Flyers. Yes, they came out on the losing end, but you just saw the aggressive nature from them. You saw the sense of urgency. It looked like that there was just a shift of momentum. Despite the Flyers scoring, the Devils didn't give up. So that's what I love to see. And it's something that's been lacking during their recent losing streak. It's something that the, that's been lacking for a couple weeks now, which is despite them finding ways to win, it's just like we know that they can win in much better fashion. So uh, I love the answer from Lindy Ruff, and he gave me a lengthy one of that. So uh, just love the over my initial reactions to the game. Just loved the effort from the New Jersey Devils. Now, we're going to talk about Damon Severson and his bit of a blunder momentarily. But first... I want you guys to take me seriously momentarily. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's not that big a deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You toll your car. You kill someone. Everybody knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that does not stop a lot of people. So I want you guys to make sure that you have common sense and don't drive under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever for the worst. Drive sober or get pulled over. This was a message from the NHTSA. And now, I want you guys to make some extra cash this holiday season, so let me tell you about BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it for you at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even get those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's talk about the big storyline, Damon Severson's blunder. Now, from my perspective, here's what happened. Damon Severson is in the offensive zone for a New Jersey Devils. He's just past the blue line. He tries to pass over to his left, and that pass was intended for Dougie Hamilton. Unfortunately, the Flyers were able to uh, just pinpoint the pass. They tipped it, took it down the other way, two-on-one, odd man rush, 
Damon Severson's very vulnerable. So is Vitek Vanacek. Flyers score. It's two to one. And Damon Severson knew at that very moment he fudged up. So I I, I can't cuss on the show. I'm sorry. Can't cut. Can't say those uh, big words. So he fudged up big time. And everyone knew it. Lindy Ruff knew it because for the rest of the game, Damon Severson was benched. So he made a big mistake. It did cost the New Jersey Devils. And I was able to talk to him post game. And I asked him about the situation. Now, here's the thing. I tried to be nice about it. I just said, like, can you take me back to that two on one uh, odd man rush? Like what happened in that instance? And then he said, like, uh, uh, which two on one? Because and I'm just like, dude, you know what I'm talking about. And just listen to the sound bite and you guys will get what I'm saying. So here's Damon Severson's overall response to his blunder. Can you run me back on that uh, two-on-one play just based on your uh, perspective? Which two-on-one? Uh, the one in which they are, the, the, the turnover in which they scored on, the, the Flyers did to make it a two-one game. No, I just uh, tried to make a pass. Uh, I was really yeah, trying to make a pass and the guy deflected it and the guy went down and scored. There's nothing really to it. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's something you would expect. It was pretty vague, and I'm sure he wasn't going to go into much detail about it. He knew he messed up. Lindy Ruff knew he messed up. And speaking of which, Lindy Ruff had some strong words about the overall thought process for Damon Severson because we know he is prone to making a few boneheaded plays, but I've never seen Lindy Ruff act this way before, and Amanda Stein could confirm it because she also – tweeted out saying that this was a little out of character for Lindy Ruff. So take a listen. You know, that play is, it's a play that, it, that it's just not even in our playbook. We're, we talked this morning about getting pucks to the net. Um, comes off the wall one time at, um, make a play like that. Uh, they didn't have a chance in the period. I had just gone down the bench and talked about making sure that uh, we create the chances that are there, that we don't, you know, play high risk. You know, you get in a game like this and you might have to hang around for overtime, but to make that play and trap the people, uh, totally unacceptable. Okay, so what are my thoughts for Damon Severson? I have the utmost respect for Damon Severson. He's been on the team for a good while. He's a leader, and we all know what he can provide on the offensive side of things. However, Damon Severson really needs to step up his game, like right now. Because in the last episode, guys, I talked about the defense and the plus minus and things of that nature. Damon Severson, in terms of defensemen, is last on the New Jersey Devils with a plus minus of zero. So just above him, Brendan Smith with a plus minus of plus one. So when Damon Severson's out there, he's not really making that much of a difference. And his offense isn't there either because in 30 game appearances, he only has two goals, four assists for a grand total of six points. So Damon Severson is not stepping up his game. And it's one of the things that he needs to realize, like as the New Jersey Devils are trying to contend for a cup, they're going to get rid of their weak links. And due to his contract situation, he's an easy target to trade away. He's an easy target to get rid of. So if I'm Damon Severson, I'm just like, you cannot be making those mistakes. Now, look, this game wasn't entirely on Damon Severson. I'll explain momentarily, but at the end of the day, if you're Damon Severson, you got to play smarter. You cannot make those kind of mistakes, especially in the midst of a losing streak. 
especially in the midst of you're about to play some of the toughest opponents that you're going to face all season because we haven't played the Carolina Hurricanes yet. We haven't played the Boston Bruins yet. We got to play the reigning um, uh, President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, this weekend. So Damon Severson really has to be careful. You cannot be making those types of mistakes. So, yes, he had a blunder. Yes, he was vague in his response. Yes, he messed up. Yes, Lindy Ruff knows that he messed up. And that's not in their playbook, according to Lindy. So he just needs to step up his game because he is on borrowed time. I talked about Mackenzie Blackwood being on borrowed time. The Devils don't have time for this. You're only as strong as your weakest link. What does that mean? You can only go so far as as the weakest person a part of your team. And for right now, I'm not seeing anything from Damon Severson that justifies for him to be playing right now. I don't see anything from Damon Severson that justifies that he should be a part of the long-term solution for a New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, come to trade deadline, the Devils might try to get rid of him, and I think they're going to be perfectly content with dealing him away for essentially nothing because what can the Devils get for Damon Severson? They're not going to get a top-notch player unless he's a part of some sort of package. I'm not really big on trading for a top-notch prospect just because, like I said, the main problem that the Devils have, they have too many top prospects, and it's just like, what do we do with them? So do we get a draft pick for Damon Severson? I don't really know. But at the end of the day, Damon Severson, he messed up. He messed up big time. Now, is he to blame wholeheartedly? I'm going to say no, guys, because he should – now, I'm not trying to let him off the hook. But at the same time, it's just like, let's look at uh, the other things that led up to Damon Severson's blunder, which is the Devils. They went to the penalty box a little too often. Yes, it was exciting to see them uh, step up their game, especially on the five-on-three disadvantage and Yegor Sharangovich being on the open breakaway. That's exciting to see, but that shouldn't happen in the first place. So I'm I'm just saying, like, they, they racked up too many penalties for the Philadelphia Flyers, and this time around it didn't come back to bite them. But you got to you got to clean it up a little bit. The Flyers aren't that good a team. They're not going to uh, make you pay more times than not. And another thing that we need to look at is like the Devils once again when they were on the man up advantage when they were on the power play, they didn't really capitalize. So it's just like uh, it's it's another example which is the Devils like you need to capitalize on more of your power play. So it they were able to do it in period number one, but as the game progresses, like how can the devils get more power play goals late in the game when it matters most? Because obviously Jack Hughes power play goal in period number one. That's great and all, but can we please repeat that a little later in the game? And then the big thing is Carter Hart. So let's just say Damon Severson doesn't make that blunder. The game is still tied one-to-one and we go into OT. There's no guarantee that the devils are going to win an OT because Carter Hart was just playing like a man on fire just because, the Devils got 49 shots on them, and what do they have to show for it? Only one goal, and that was a power play goal. So the Flyers were already at a disadvantage. They were already in a vulnerable position, and the Devils weren't able to get anything after that. So at the end of the day, Carter Hart was just playing like a man on fire. So I'm not trying to let Damon Severson off the hook. He should be given a big share of the blame uh, as to why the Devils lost this one, because he did give up essentially the game-winning goal. 
But at the end of the day, looking at the other stuff that led up, which is Devils going to the penalty box a little too often. They gave up the power play goal. The Devils uh, not really capitalizing in power play opportunities when it matters most. And Carter Hart, this is just a factor that the Devils couldn't prepare for. They just couldn't factor in the fact that they got plenty of shots on Carter Hart. Unfortunately, he wanted to play like Marty Brodeur or something like that. It happens. So I'm not trying to overreact. But at the same time, I don't want to underreact. I'm just trying to find that good balance. Now, here's the thing for the New Jersey Devils. I'm glad that Lindy Ruff is holding his players accountable because accountability is very important going forward. And like I just said moments ago, I don't want to overreact, but I don't want to underreact either. So I had a chance to speak to Eric Halla. And I asked him, uh, what are some of the things you guys have to uh, do to get out of this slump? Here was his response. Eric, um, it's been clear this season that you guys know how to bounce back from adversity. You just said that you guys are going to be having the toughest part of your schedule for the rest of December. How do you guys rebound from this after this tough loss? Yeah, I mean, it's just short memory. And uh, and look at the things that, that we've been, you know, some things that we we need to correct right like so we're like i said earlier we're making some of the same mistakes over and over so it's just you know growing up uh, as a team and and uh you know just being comfortable in those tight situations and and uh just uh sticking with it that's uh, that's what it is and just going forward I, it's just short memory like i said and and just uh bounce back and just a little bit better just a little bit more also spoke to damon severson about this too yes i i have to give a fair shake to damon severson i can't just ask him about the bad Here's what Damon Searson had to, had to say because he, he's been on this team for a good while, guys. You guys have had your fair share of winning streaks and losing streaks. As you've mentioned, uh, this is going to be a tough part in your schedule. How do you guys uh, rebound from this kind of adversity? We just got to stick. Yeah, like you said before, just stick to what we've been doing. Uh, we, we were successful on the win streak. We just uh, we were resilient. We, we had to come back in games. We had to you know play from play with the lead and hold the other teams off so we've played some good teams we've played some you know average teams as the standing say but uh, overall uh we'll just stick to what we what we did on the win streak and you know it'll hopefully start bouncing our way again and you know teams are going to play us hard they know we're a good team and we're going to get the other team's best okay they gotta they, they gotta tighten it up they gotta be better and they gotta have better execution and they got to know how to finish and by the way i just want to shout out to eric Holla for being a good sport because uh, Amanda Stein was talking about like uh, Carter Hart just being a good goalie. And unfortunately, the Devils just ran into that sort of predicament. And uh, she asked um, she asked Eric, like, you know, what do you do when you when you're facing a hot goalie like that? And you can't really get any goals on them. And Eric Holland just like laughed. He was like, I'm the best person to ask about that. But anyway, digressing a little bit. OK, accountability is important. And the Devils actually did play fairly well in this game. And every team goes through adversity. However, here's the thing that you should be concerned about. So the Devils are, according to Ryan Novoziski, are now 21-7-2. and And to add insult to injury, the Hurricanes, Penguins, and Rangers all are on a winning streak of three-plus games. So like I said a few episodes ago, it's not time to raise the red flag quite yet. But, here's, but as the month of December progresses... You got some tough competition. You got the Florida Panthers, reigning President's Trophies uh, winners. You got the Boston Bruins, top team in the NHL. 
You got the Carolina Hurricanes. We haven't faced them yet. So the Devils have their work cut out for them, and we're going to have to see what they're capable of doing. So I'm not trying, like I said, I don't want to overreact, but I don't want to underreact either because Devils on the four-game losing streak, stuff like that happens, guys. It happens to the best of the best, okay? I'd rather they hit this adversity now versus late in the year when they're trying to uh, just solidify a playoff position. So, like I said, guys, like in, in the last episode, let's not forget how special the New Jersey Devils are. And Carter Hart, there's just really nothing you could do in this case. He was just playing like a man on fire. And I, I believe the Colorado Avalanche, towards the end of the year, they're these reigning Stanley Cup champions. Didn't they go on a lengthy losing streak to close out the season? I believe like either in March or April or something like that. And they became Stanley Cup champions. So, you know, unfortunately, that's just what happened, guys. And the Devils just fell victim to it. And we're just going to have to rebound and just try again. So on to the next one, but keep the aggression. You need that in that tough part of the schedule. So like we do with every post-game reaction, I'm going to compare the, the final statistics and then I'll give a letter grade. So shots on goal differential, 49 to 24 in favor of the Devils. I know, shocking. Face-off percentage, 53% to 47% in favor of the Flyers. Power play, Flyers were one for five. Devils were one for three. Hits 19 to 11 in favor of the Flyers. Blocks 22 to 18 in favor of the Flyers. Giveaway 7 to 4 in favor of the Devils. So if I had to rate this game for Devils, um, it's it's a little tough, but I'm actually going to give them, I can't give them a B plus, but I'm going to give them a solid B because I love the aggression. I love the sense of urgency. I loved that Michael McLeod and Brendan Smith got into fights. We need that because remember that game against the Ottawa Senators in which Austin Watson had a dirty cross check on Nico Heischer and nobody gave Watson uh, some payback or retaliation despite rumors saying that Brendan Smith was hunting him down. We need that. So I love that. Keep that when you're playing against the best of the best. Keep that aggression. Keep that sense of urgency. And unfortunately, the Devils got 40 plus shots on Carter Hart. He was just the, the MVP in this game. So it's not, it's a loss. And the Devils have extended their, their losing streak to four. But at the same time, I'm I'm actually pretty satisfied with this effort from the New Jersey Devils. So let me know what you guys think about uh, this game for Devils. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at Trey Matt 4 or the show's Twitter page at Locked on Devils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. I will not be at the Prudential Center uh, for Saturday's game, but I will be at the Prudential Center for both games against the Boston Bruins. So I'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening once again.